welcome to Turtle Tracks Podcast. This is your host, Brian Van Hooker, and I'm here with Eric Burnham, a writer on a whole bunch of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comic books, including the ongoing Saturday Morning Adventures comic right now. Uh, Eric, thanks so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, thanks for having me. <laughs> appreciate uh, appreciate that. Oh, my gosh. My pleasure. Uh, you know, I, I, I was just catching up on the last few issues of Saturday Morning Adventures. And if anybody out there isn't reading it, it's such a fun series. It's really, really very good. So I'm 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 such a fan. The 1987 series is my very favorite overall turtle take. So it's nice to kind of revisit those versions of the characters. So, I mean, it's we're, we're, we're trying to keep it as close as possible, although, you know, some some modern uh revisions have have snuck in here and there but i mean it's it's just been a blast to write and it's been a blast seeing what sarah dan and luis do with the stories so oh sure yeah it's 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 so cool like i mean i feel like you guys have captured the voice of it really quite well i mean are were you a big fan of the of that cartoon growing up oh yeah yeah i mean it, it introduced me to the turtles i was there every weekday and then weekend when they switched over to saturdays and uh yeah, I just got I got a big kick out of it, and I enjoyed the fact that um, they would bounce from uh, action heavy stuff to comedy heavy stuff. And then my favorite part, of course, was the breaking of the fourth wall, which I've done a lot with in this series. Yeah, I mean that's you know it's so funny is I I still go back to that eighty seven series a lot, and I don't think it's pure nostalgia. Whereas I think the stories are fine. The uh, the gag writing on that show is very sharp. Like yeah. it's really very funny. I mean, the voice actors are great and the dialogue, uh, Raphael, especially and Krang as well sometimes. Um, but like, there's just a lot of very funny stuff coming in from those characters. They really are. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, <laughs> there was, um, uh, early on, there was, there was a crack back when we were doing the miniseries. There was a crack about the, uh, about the fourth wall breaking, and somebody who might not have seen enough of the show said that the show didn't do all of this. It was more actually, well, the mini, the first, <laughs> the first five episodes were, were definitely, but I, I keep coming back to, to an episode where Raph actually asked Shredder, are you leaving the show? So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, once you see that is, is, you know, there's the, the argument falls apart, but um, yeah, we've been trying, uh, as I said, to have a nice mix of, here's some actiony stuff that feel, still fits within the the tone of the series and then you know here's some comedy and that's why i'm really excited for the eighth issue i've, I've said this a million times online but uh the eighth issue is where we bring in mr og the little um like mr mixy spillick or q yeah. like character yeah he was only in the show once but we bring him back to put the turtles on trial for breaking the fourth wall oh that's great and it's fun because they're absolutely guilty. <laughs> yeah. So, so you know, I mean, how how do you get past that? But I mean, I um, I just got uh, Sarah's art back, and neither the editor or myself could find anything to change uh, that needed to be moved around. Everything worked. So I'm just I'm I'm super excited. That one's uh, just gonna fire on all cylinders. And then this month we've got my my take on um, SantaCon. <laughs> Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, so, you know, I mean, for, for, for the, uh, for the New Yorkers who have, have experienced that. So hopefully it'll be a treat anyway, uh, babbling about, about, uh, things I'm excited for, because I, I really am having a great time with this book. No, no, no. I mean, let me ask you, going back to the 87 series, mm -hmm. do you have some favorite episodes of that show? I know one of mine is, 
I love the episode where Bebop and Rocksteady become the programmers of Channel 6. <laughs> that, to me, is like one of the most insane, fourth-wall-breaking, goofy premises of the entire series. I love that one. Oh, John. See, now, my problem when I when I get questions like this, uh, you know, put under the gun, is option paralysis, because there are a lot of episodes lot. that I really there's love. Yeah, there's a ton. It's <laughs> 10 years. There's yeah. a ton. Um the uh, the stuff that comes to mind, I I really really just the the nostalgia I have for that first five episodes, the introduction of the turtles, uh, can't be understated. I mean that really just um, just attached me to the property. And um, excuse me, <clears throat> the uh, the night of the rogues, the one where Raphael asked Shredder if he was leaving the show, where they brought just a bunch of old villains back that hadn't been seen in forever, yeah, and threw them at the turtles. That one. Um, pops into my head a lot um i love the punk frogs i love you know i mean it's just i i i literally could change my mind <laughs> a dozen times over the next five minutes but uh let's let's say night of the rogues and the opening uh five five part miniseries night of the rogues is a very good one and like mm -hmm. often cited as one of the best of series it definitely is up there i mean it also mm -hmm. like it's it brings in all these all these great villains all in one place which they didn't do oh, a yeah. lot of on that show it was usually no. Yeah, they, there wasn't a lot of villain team up other than the teams that already existed. So right, right, there there really wasn't, and uh, that that did uh, make it fun to watch. And um, you know, I think I'm going to have to watch that again soon. You revisit it; it's been a while. Um, were there certain characters from that show that you were excited to bring into the comic books? You said the Punk Frogs were a big one for you. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I'm excited to bring in whoever I can, and that's characters who have uh, originated on the show, been on the show, and uh, other characters as well. I've I've asked if, you know, when we've been going for a while, if I can, you know, cherry pick and, and borrow a character that's never been seen in the 87 universe. Can oh, I sure. take... Can I take uh, something from the IDW comics and can I take something from maybe the, the 2003 series or the 2012 series? And the answer was... We'll talk about it. <laughs> so it's not a no, <laughs> sure. which, which you know is is fantastic. Um, but yeah, no, I've I've just been there. There, there are so many characters that I want to get back to. The problem is, it's it's just like the problem we have with the IDW comics. There are so many characters, and there's only twenty pages a month. Yeah. Um. So it becomes tricky to get to everybody I want to as many times as I want to. I mean, Casey Jones, we haven't seen for a while and I would love to get back to him, but I mean, there's, there's so many uh, characters in the queue ahead of him. So um, it's uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, there's, the, the answer is just everybody. There's so many. And of course the, the, the pie in the sky, uh, if we can get uh, Stan Sakai to agree to allow for uh, an Usagi crossover oh, that'd be cool. uh, at sure. some yeah. point would be, would be, would be a lot of fun because um yeah, no, I I, I love Usagi. That was one of the that was one of my favorite uh, toys from the original Playmates line. I'm like, what is that? That was how I was yeah. introduced to Usagi too. So I mean, yeah, it'd be it'd be great to get him in there. The um, I mean, so fine. I, I goes back a little bit to the fourth wall breaking thing, but like, what were you said like the find like finding the humor of the original show and bringing it into this? I mean, was there anything that you kind of latched on to from those old cartoons? Uh, I I mean I can't I can't point to anything specifically. I mean the tone, sure. like I said, was just was just action and comedy, and well, that's the kind of stuff that I've been doing. Uh, the voice that I've had for the last ten years, so I've just kind of fallen back on that, and luckily it it slots into the '87 Turtles pretty well. Um, but but yeah, it's just I I I like the I like the the lighter 
the lighter tone of it. I like that you can have um, you can have the stories and the heroics and the and the the intrigue, I guess, without it getting too dark or without having to have the the badass moment. <laughs> sure, <laughs> I guess yeah, might yeah. be a way, but you know, it's just you know, where's the blood? Why isn't Leo cutting somebody's head off? What's going on here? And um, you know, I, I tell you that that um, was something that I, I just uh, rewatched it again recently. That's something I appreciated about the the new movie, The Mutant Mayhem, oh, is that right. it it fell into a uh, a modern take on the same tone. So I really appreciated that. And I it's it it's kind of funny that I that I uh, you know I glance it around and, and some of the same people that say why is this comic being funny were the same ones praising the movie for for all the comedy. And I, I get a, I get a chuckle out of. Uh, out of things like that so oh have there been people saying there's too much comedy in the they, they you know i mean some people want that's insane they want what they want out of the the but i mean like the, i mean the idw series which is fantastic mm-hmm. gives yeah. you as much drama heaviness as you would want like mm-hmm. i love the fact and I, I i think that series is fantastic which you've contributed <laughs> to a number of times yeah. i just think like like this uh, like the, if you if you're familiar with the old show i think people like like the old show but not a lot of people always revisit it mm-hmm. like i feel like the same thing with the uh like when NECA, sometimes neca toys has like these obscure characters or weird accessories and things like that for the old cartoon it's like mm-hmm. that show was goofy it was a really yeah, well, goofy show in a lot of ways and that was the delight of it. it 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 absolutely but the the way it works with you know take your pick of of any uh of any character from comics uh that has been translated to another medium it's not what it was. It's what you remember it was and yeah. what you remember, uh, you know, if you were, you know, five, 10, 12 years old, once you, once you become an adult, uh, those, those memories are going to skew a little bit differently and you're not going to remember some of the stuff you're going to remember how it made you feel and how you were entertained and, and that's what you're going to base it on. And then if you go back and look, and this has happened to me with some cartoons, I'm like, this is a lot different. <laughs> Yeah, but that's um, stuff you can't go back to. Like I, no, I no. love turtles, and I can go back to it forever. Mm-hmm. I tried revisiting Power Rangers once, and I was like, "Oh, this is, yeah, this is making it's, me feel very dumb. I can't watch this." <laughs> yeah, and, and I mean, it's 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 just yeah. some some stuff goes to the sweet spot, and you yeah. you don't always remember that part. You just you just remember uh, how good you felt watching it, and then your your mind uh, constructs from there. And I mean, this has happened to me a, mil- a million times, so I can only I'm, I'm speculating based on. <laughs> personal experience and assumption but um and and sometimes that goofiness is exactly what i'm in the mood for so i can i can go watch and whack, uh, go back and watch a, a you know 80s 90s 70s 60s stuff and uh you know and get into it so one thing i one joke that you had recently it was you had michelangelo called donatello donnie mm-hmm. and like it's weird watching the show back because you never really thought of it then but in that old cartoon there was no turtle nicknames. They always said their no. full name all the time. Right. Which you kind right. of one of those things that you don't think about unless you're they, looking for it. They they at that time they were establishing the brand. They were still making up the rules. Even even, you know, Mirage hadn't decided everything yet. Um, because I mean the cartoon came out three years after the first issue of the comic. Mm-hmm. So I mean that's that's a, a vast difference between, you know, the comics just about to turn forty. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Um but uh things have have uh have changed and been added to the lore over the years with the movies and the other cartoons and they've just become established and 
um, we talked about it, uh, myself, the editors, uh, the folks at Nickelodeon, and they, they want to have they, they, they want to have some some commonalities. The nicknames is one of them. They don't need to be Michelangelo, Donatello, Raphael, Leonardo all the time. For one thing, um, it, it doesn't necessarily feel as true that they wouldn't shorten their their names. Yeah, because that's what that's that's syllables. what people do. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and and for another thing, I mean, it really it really takes up less real estate in the word balloons. That's what to, I loved about the joke. It was the fourth wall breaking yep. thing. Like you said, Donnie just takes up less space, which I very mm-hmm. much appreciated. Oh, yeah. But I was like, it, it was a direct reference on the fact that there was no nicknames in that cartoon, which uh, it's 100 percent. Yeah, 100 yeah. percent. And that's something we wanted to just, you know, bring in slowly, you know, not not do it all right away, not start from go with it um but just ease into it and start with michelangelo and then expand out from there the other thing wasn't a hundred percent in on earlier uh iterations that was in later iterations is um the turtles seeing splinter as a father instead of a teacher and so mm. we wanted to we wanted to ease that in as well because that's just been kind of last um 30 years especially that's that's been uh that's been it. That's been that's been how the uh, franchise has been portrayed. So we just it's 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 a consistency and stuff. Well, why didn't you do? Why didn't they do this back in the you know the eighties? Well, they didn't think of it yet. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. didn't get established. That's how it is now. So, um, yes, because so, yeah. Splinter was always their dad, but the way mm-hmm. they addressed him as right. such wasn't they, always. They called him yeah. Splinter, Teacher, Sensei, you know, yeah. but but never father or dad. And and now they they absolutely call him. Uh, father and dad just as much as anything else so i mean we wanted to, to bring that in as well and um you know everything else it was it was um you know make it consistent with how everything else is done now uh and make it consistent with the tone of the old series marry those two together and, and hopefully it works yeah have you ever found that to be at odds in some way like was there anything that was a struggle to make work um no nothing nothing that i've been asked to make work nothing nothing like that you know like the nicknames or or uh uh, calling a splinter father in fact i mean i i threw that in um you know that there was there was a line that i threw in aside you know splinter saying straight out I, I think of them as my children you know that kind of a thing um just just so it's it's established it's better in the book if he said it now we can't but yeah. um it's it, you know I, the the only uh the only thing that ever comes up is how it reconciles or doesn't reconcile with a reader and some folks mm. and i've i've done this myself with with other things some folks want it the way that they remembered it and only that way with no tweaks or changes i get it but i mean you know uh just part of the job is sometimes you got to spruce it up and and make a few changes a little spit and polish uh, a little little uh, addition a little subtraction and that's the way it goes make it feel a little bit more modern if possible without giving away everything that that it was have you thought much about like the technology in the series? Like, do people have? I, I mean, I haven't noticed. I'm guessing not. Do people have cell phones, things like that? Um, I mean, the turtles have the turtle comms. Right, right. I, you know, honestly, um, I, 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 I would have just kept it vague anyway. But sure, it has been asked to keep it roughly to the time period as far as technology goes. So oh, nice. If it was around in. 1990 we can use it uh so i could maybe you know bring out one of those big honking you know brick of a cell phone sure. for april at some point um but i mean she's got a turtle com too so why but yeah she's got the yeah. turtle com that's what we're, we're just gonna you know just use the turtle com so i mean yeah as far as it goes um it should 
roughly have the the same you know internal logic and technology as if it were produced in the period that's what we're going after even though everything else is is slightly more modern yeah I, another joke that i liked uh is speaking of that it's like kind of the the the, the gaps in logic mm-hmm. like there was an episode there was an issue recently where donatello says oh i'm more of a i deal more with mechanics not biochemistry and Raphael says oh you know Whatever the plot needs is the expertise you have. And it's like, mm-hmm. it's very much the show. Like, that's, yeah. it didn't matter. Well, I mean, that all was... All manner of expertise. That's that's the great thing about, about some of those uh, 80s cartoons, is that everybody could do anything that was required of them. G.I. Joe, everybody yeah. could fly a jet. It's fine. Sure. sure. <laughs> I mean, so... if you think about it, too, like, I was thinking that during all the different team-ups of Turtles that we've seen, like, like uh, mm-hmm. Turtles Forever and the 2012 series ones, Mm-hmm. Like Donatello, if you just consider all the shit he built mm-hmm. in that original cartoon, the '87 Donatello is vastly smarter than any other version of Donatello. Oh yeah, away. oh he yeah, just it, done the impossible many times I, over. I mean, I was watching, I was watching, uh, rewatching the Og episode a while back, and he's just he's got a portable dimensional portal just hanging around that he can bring with him Pulls places. It out, yeah. I just yeah. pull it. Goes, hey, yeah, I've got, I've got a portable one. It was it's like, like, like a suitcase size. Yeah. <laughs> what are you he's doing a... with that? Why haven't you used it before? Yeah. Um, or more rather. And I mean, he's got, it, it is, there's, there's, there's all that kind of stuff. And, and yeah, he, he can kind of, you know, do what he needs to do. And that's, that's part of the fun. And it, it really, you know, it really gives some some escape hatches for for plots. Oh, How sure. am I going to get out of this? Oh, Donnie, Donnie will build something. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, and it'll work because it's fine. <laughs> yeah. He also would spend lots of time wasting, like wasting tons of time with like an Easter egg painter. Like, yeah, that's we needed a giant machine to paint Easter eggs. Like that's that's oh boy, a lot of effort for something that's a minor task to begin with. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I um, I it's it's you know th- that that is the other we'll call it a minor flaw of the comic is that some of that stuff that can go by so quickly in animation takes a page, page and a half yeah, in sure. comics, so it eats up a lot. So I can't, I can't, I either have to to condense it or remove some of the jokes that I would love to do or would be obvious to do. Um, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I like to fit that stuff in whenever I can, and you know. As space allows. Yeah, you get. A, I mean, like we think of them as similar—a twenty-two-minute episode or twenty twenty-two-page comic—but like, there's a lot less real estate in a comic book. Oh, a ton less. And as I've explained to to some people in in other projects, um, the words take up a lot of space. So yeah. you know, if you were if you were doing a show, you could get so much exposition into thirty seconds a minute. That same amount of exposition is not going to fit in one page of a comic. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. Uh, not comfortably, you know, uh, definitely not while they're doing things. Um, so, yeah, it's just, you know, you, you you do what you can to to make it work. And I mean, that's why it's an adaptation. So um, it, it can't be it can't be one to one. We yeah. tried uh, we tried with the miniseries to do, uh, you know, single issue stories. And, and I think we mostly succeeded, but they were really hard. And it always felt like we left a lot on the table that we could have done, you know, I mean, a million, there's some, you know, I mean, it, it could have, you know, there, there could have been a lot more things, a lot more fun uh, with, with a little extra space, maybe not another 20 pages, but you know, if there were 30 page issues, then, you know, that might've 
that might have uh, let us wring all the uh, stuff out of concept. But um, you know, I, I'm still I'm still proud with how they turned out, and I think we we got a good amount, and and that's why we we went to doing um, arcs, you know, longer stories, one to three issues in the ongoing series was just so we could exploit some of the better ideas uh, and, and, you know, wring more stuff out of them before we moved on. And like, it seems like you smart, like I, I'm, I just, I'm up to issue four. So forgive me. I'm a couple of issues behind. Um, hmm. But like the, like the ripple, like the, the whole, sh- the hmm. shredder's got this rock mm-hmm. the metal thing. Mm-hmm. And like, you kind of found a way to kind of smartly like have the, one story overarching over several episodes over several issues and then yeah but let's have an issue with let's have an episode uh ah, let's have an issue with uh with uh it's because i'm used to talking about the cartoon um mm-hmm. with leatherhead in there that follows it but not exactly linearly linearly yep. which i really liked like i think that you've done a really nice job of that thank you i mean that's that's the kind of thing that we're you know trying to do so you can have something that goes a little bit longer and i just finished that um the capper to all of that and it's uh it's it's sort of a nod i'd forgotten this when i wrote the thing and the editors had forgotten this and nickelodeon had forgotten this but i was doing something that was very similar to the sword of nowhere without being yeah the sword of nowhere and once i realized that i said oh goodness we haven't sent this issue to the printer i've got to go back and acknowledge it <laughs> so that i don't get raked over the coals um and and so we're yeah we we've kind of acknowledged uh what's coming is like slightly more powerful uh, version of the sword to nowhere and we're going to do some stuff with that the uh the story arc that that's happening in will be uh in issues 9 10 and 11 dan shoning is drawing those uh he's got the first one done the he's second one is that you guys oh, he's great so people good. on the book sarah oh, Meyer so we're gonna have it here soon sarah Meyer's yeah lots of crazy sarah's awesome people in there. yeah shoning it's like it's like a goddamn copy of the cartoon they're all talented he, people but his are like that's the show. It, it's Dan, Dan comes from animation. That's where he he came to comics from animation. Mm. And if there is a model, he will be on model. <laughs> he yeah, can absolutely it's, do it. So but it, it doesn't feel stiff either. He does a really no, nice job. No, yeah. it's it's uh, it's great. And and these are going to be uh, these are going to be a lot of fun. So I mean, Shredder's got the sword, and they have to you know what's he going to do with the sword? How's how are they going to stop? you know this this stuff with the sword i mean we we've got it's it's a little bit more action heavy there is some some comedy um i was i i I was abused i put in something as a joke uh thinking they're going to ask me to remove this no no you can keep this we love this so shredder gets a van so we're gonna have a shredder van (laughs) um it's like oh could it be a minivan no no it can't be a minivan um but uh yeah, no, I'm 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 really excited because uh yeah, no as as you as, as you said Dan just absolutely crushes it and makes it look like it was screen captured from a lost episode. Yeah. And uh and and yeah, I mean he, he um my my favorite thing that uh I got to do with Dan so far on this run that people have seen uh so so not counting uh not counting the upcoming stuff was his uh, story in the Halloween special which you haven't seen, but uh, it uh, it had Shredder trying to summon another ghost, which never goes well for him. And the ghost sends um, haunted objects. So we get the absolutely wretched joke of Krang asking, why is my refrigerator running as it runs past him with legs? And Dan drew this so perfectly with Krang looking just 
picture perfect and exasperated and it made me so happy i love that story it's just a it was it was a dinky little short but he elevated it so much and louise too way, god i mean oh by the way bravo oh louise antonio delgado the colorist crazy he, he's amazing dude. i've oh, interviewed yeah. him on on here he's just a, and he's i've met him in person he's such a good dude you really oh louise is a ray of sunshine i have he's so nice he's great it's great dude. it's him and dan i've been working with since 2011 and I love those guys both. They're just absolutely wonderful. And, you know, any any failing in an issue is not of their part. So, I mean, it's just uh, it's it's I'm so glad that we can get to continue working together, especially with, uh, you know, Luis's recent, you know, stratospheric rise. Uh, thanks oh, for yeah. last Ronan. So, sure. I mean, and, and he deserves every single bit. 100%. Of of uh, of acclaim and and praise and you know money that he gets out of this. <laughs> yeah, the um, boy, and I, I like I said, I haven't read it yet, but for, uh, so mm. forgive me. The um, I just want to say bravo on bringing in. Uh, I'm forgetting his name. He's the he's the Freddy ripoff. Oh, uh, uh, yep, in the Halloween special, uh, creepy Eddie. Yes, that's it. Yes, see, I love and, the deep cuts. That's great. I love. Yes, it. I, I I asked to use him, and they said okay. Just to keep it to keep it safe, don't make him too Freddy like. Okay. What does that mean? <laughs> the character is a blatant ripoff of Freddy. Exactly. So, so, so I, I, I solved that by by having his lawyer there, telling him what he he could and could not do, <laughs> and to ease off on the puns. That's great. That's that's what and. And and so yes, I, that's I, I literally I literally brought in his lawyer, giving him giving him directives and advice, oh, that's, and, and that's I how I solved that problem. Fantastic. Yes, so it was good stuff. Um, and uh, it, yeah, no, creepy Eddie, Mister Og, we we brought we we brought in uh, Chrome Dome, which apparently he's never been in the comics before either. I didn't know that. Really? Yeah, that's I. Somebody told me this. I had no idea. I thought he'd been in the comics before, but Chrome Dome, Og, creepy Eddie, all new to the comics. Oh, I wonder if he was ever in the 2012 comics. I don't think so. I, I, Og certainly I, wasn't. No, because they had that. You know, they had that other character. Like it doesn't feel like Chrome Dome, but there was a Chrome Chrome Dome yeah. character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they had something, but it wasn't wasn't Chrome Dome. And it was just I I didn't realize when I wrote it. No, you're probably right. Jeez, somebody told so somebody told Sarah. Sarah told me, and I was just like, really? Wow, that's, that's cool. Um, so it's it's fun to to do that. We um, we were trying to to as I said, bring in. Uh, some characters that would have never been in 1987, partly because they hadn't been created yet. Sure. And, you know, also, also bringing in some stuff. I, I, I brought, I, I, I wrote in a character that didn't exist into the issue that I just turned in because I needed somebody for a specific function. And I didn't want it to this, this was a throwaway function. So I didn't want it to be somebody that existed that we could use, you know, and, and you know, tap into nostalgia later. Didn't want it to be somebody that had a toy and I came up with a goat and one of the worst puns possible for for him. So I'm really looking forward to uh, to getting the notes back from Nickelodeon on that. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing if they let me keep the goat. Um, you know, at one point, I'd say, uh, I, I forget. Uh, I think Raphael asked, uh, no, uh, Donatello asked where this guy came from. 
Michelangelo said, I think he said Pittsburgh and Raphael. He seems more like a Philly goat. So these are terrible jokes. That's great. I love but that. But they make me happy. And again, I don't know. I'm saying this now because I don't know that it's going to get past Nickelodeon. They're going to say, sure. this is stupid. No, <laughs> no. Use use this obscure character from the toy line that never made it to the cartoon instead. You know, that could happen. <laughs> your your joke about the lawyer popped something in my head from the old cartoon was the episode where Donatello becomes the dark turtle. Oh, yeah. At yeah. one point, Leonardo says, Donatello's gone batty. And I think Raph goes, ah, Leo, you better not. That's a little like, like mm-hmm. Lord said that it's too much like Batman. <laughs> it's, you know, it's. I, 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 I shout out to David Wise, who really is the voice of that show. Like he oh, yeah. wrote hundreds of episodes of it and mm-hmm. defined its its comedy and its sensibility. So like he passed a few years ago, but that show is mm-hmm. David Wise written all over it. And I think you've done a oh, nice yeah. job of capturing that humor. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's yeah. I I I thought of the dark turtle when I was. We recently um, put together a plan for a second year, so I'm nice. really excited about that. And um, I I did think of I I I, I used dark turtle for something. It's not it's not going to be dark turtle. It's not going to necessarily even be Donatello, but it inspired an idea for for something that I threw in there that I hope uh, I hope gets approved and that we can use. Um. We're trying to use, uh, we're trying to get, you know, get around to everything we can and um, get around to do again. Yeah. Like I said, concepts that they never got around to uh, some stuff that was on my list that has yet to be approved. Um, something that has appeared in IDW, it has appeared in Mirage, but has never appeared in the 87 was the Pantheon. I'd like to do something with them. Oh, a sure. Version, yeah. A version of them. And uh, you know, we'll we'll see. It's it's we've talked about it. It's it's one of those things where well, who will they be? <laughs> who are we gonna use? And and uh so I mean once once everything gets uh sorted out to uh the satisfaction of the higher ups, maybe I can move forward on that. And that's that's what I'm hoping to do, you know. So it's just you know, I, I want to play with all the toys uh before uh they tell me to stop. <laughs> one thing you've already done is bring in TCRI into that yeah. universe, yeah. which didn't happen earlier, so that no. that was a cool addition. Yeah, no. We, did you we, did you wonder about that? Should I bring TCRI in? What, like, I yeah, you know what? I I think I I think I without thinking, I, I think I did TGRI. I think I wrote that. <laughs> which oh, no, really? no, go back. Yeah, I, uh, but uh, you know, they 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 said you can use it, but you know, it's it's going to be TCRI. Um, we have I, yeah, I, I get the going for t- I it, it, as much as I love TCRI, and obviously that's the correct version. I probably have two percent more love for TGRI as well because yeah, yeah. So. But what we have, um, our uh, our our overseer at Nickelodeon, uh, Jeff, is Great a guy. monumental fan. Yeah, you know, monumental yeah. fan. So I mean, if if I come up with something that's not quite there, um, or or could be better, he will have the suggestion to improve it. And I love getting notes like that. Our um, our editor Thea. Uh, fantastic ideas notes as well ideas come from sarah they come from dan they come from louise so uh if 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 i ever if i ever just you know like i said i come up with something an idea that hey hey maybe this is maybe this is a two they'll take it to a five and god i love being in a team like that that's cool yeah it's like i i I mean jeff is a diehard like oh yeah so it's it's so cool to like that's oh yeah must be reassuring (laughs) to have somebody who's like knows what you they're know, talking about. Though. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Do it doing uh, issue number three where they go to Turtlantis. He says, We need to mention Murdude. I didn't even think of Murdude. He didn't come to mind at all. He should have made a great joke in the issue. So yeah. 
Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> you know, uh, bouncing around a little bit here. Well, actually, mm-hmm. here's a question for you. So you've written, just to kind of throw this out there, in addition to the Saturday Morning Adventures, you've written the uh, some issues of the new animated adventures, which was the comic adaptation of the 2012 show. Yes. Um, you wrote uh, a few issues of micro series, Splinter, Karai Baxter. You wrote Turtles and Ghostbusters. Mm-hmm. So one question I have for you is, having written X number of different versions of the Turtles, is it tough to kind of relearn it each time? Because all those Turtles are different. Like, I mean, mm-hmm. a drastic change is Rob Paulson's mm-hmm. Raphael from regular Raphael, right? But like, is, is is it hard to kind of keep it all straight or sometimes you find yourself going here or there instead? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I don't think that they're necessarily as different as it seems. What's different is hmm. where on the spectrum things lie because Raphael is Raphael, but Rob Paulson's 87 Raphael is over here on the spectrum. <laughs> the comic is over here. You know, the 2012 is over here, but he's, you know, he's not necessarily as violent uh, or angry from from iteration to iteration, but he's always sarcastic. Sure, uh, he's always smart mouth. So that that is consistent between all of the iterations, and that makes it you know makes him consistent, makes it easier to get a handle on a character. Michelangelo is always a little bit of a goofball, but he does you know he he does have a, a his his sensitive side. Leonardo, you know, it can be played for laughs, but he's he's serious and focused. Donatello is is technique and and and. Uh, and you can you can play that his 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 text of darker which they've done in uh, in IDW, you know his 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 thirst for knowledge. So it just depends on where you want to go on the spectrum. So the the tone of the book, the context of the story they're in, makes it easier. Excuse me, to uh, to know where to slide along. So it hasn't been any trouble yet. And if I screw up again. Uh, I have a lot of people who are willing to uh, correct me and and tell me where I went uh, went awry. So it it's uh, it's been uh, it's been it's been good. It's been I, I'm not going to say easy, but it's been as easy as possible. <laughs> you know, speaking of the uh, you know, I guess to bounce around that 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 new animated adventures capturing the voice of the 2012 series. Now, I the 87 series is my favorite by far. Mm-hmm. But I think the 2012 series is objectively the best turtle series that we've got. Yeah, they 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 did cherry pick from everything, and that was you know that was an advantage oh, that they had. Yeah, it really was. Yeah. What was the? Uh, uh, I mean, any highlights from playing in that universe? Because I know you did a few issues of that. I did. I only did two. Actually, well, no, I did two for IDW, That's and the then I did stories, right? Or I, I, I did some stuff for a for a magazine in England. Oh, okay. That uh, I think only one of them ever made it over to the U.S. in a in a trade paperback. Um, I even haven't. I haven't even seen uh, these these stories. I don't know oh, how they turned out. Um, I mean, I had I, I had one. I remember with the turtles versus four mutant ants, and I remember I, I never saw how it turned out. I know hmm. I know they 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 accepted it. They paid me for it, and that was it. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but uh, yeah, no the the uh, the stuff from. That, that I remember from working on the 2012 was the show was going at the time that I worked on those, which yep. meant the TV people were involved, which meant everything got a lot harder. Okay. Uh, one of those, one of those, uh, those shorts um, for, for the London, the magazine in London in or UK, it, um, it made a, a one-off joke about a Sasquatch. Uh, there was a, a TV thing. Well, we're doing an episode about a Sasquatch that's coming out in a year and a half. This needs to be looked at. 
And then I, I, I went off to do a thing. I, 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 my phone was off. I came back and there was like 50 to 60 messages that had come through in the day of going back and forth about the pros and cons, <laughs> the possibilities of using the Sasquatch. I got to the end. They said, okay, you can use it. I would have just pulled it out of there because <laughs> sure. it was just, it was just a single panel joke. But I mean, like I said, 50 to 60 messages, not an exaggeration Hilarious. of whether it could be used. The other thing was, um, uh, the, the free comic book day issue I did 10 years ago. In fact, um, it was super weird, the timing, because the story that I did came out a week before an episode of the series that was really similar that I had no knowledge of. So I got to see the show ripped off the comic. Well, no, it really didn't. <laughs> there's, there's, a, there's a whole production time you didn't see. So the comic ripped off the show? No, it didn't, because I had no knowledge of this because they didn't tell me. Sure. I don't know why they didn't mention to me that um, on this that I was you know treading into familiar territory, but I guess it was just different enough but it had it had enough similarities for fans to pick up on it and and um what was the story if you recall you know what i'm i'm trying to i was as as i was babbling i was trying to remember what specifically <laughs> the story was and i cannot remember my god it was 10 years ago and i'm, sure, I'm yeah, a yeah, little yeah. bit embarrassed that i can't remember more but um that one was was a uh a job where it's just like hey if you want to write this we need it and you know, three weeks. And I had other things. I was working on three or four other things at the time. Sure. So it just kind of, it was kind of a blur. And uh, I'm, I'm just, you know, working with Bobby Kerr now on that. So he was, you know, laser focused on making sure it was uh, ship shape. But I remember nothing. <laughs> it was <laughs> such a busy time, which yeah. I never complain about. The uh, So you also got to play in the IDW universe with yes. Turtles and TMNT universe and, you know, a few issues of that. And a couple of the micro series. Mm -hmm. uh, any highlights from working in that universe? Um, Such a great, rich story. Oh God, I, I've right. got so I've good, so much. I mean, uh, my my first thing that I got to write was the uh, was the Splinter micro series, mm. and God, that was that was a blast because I got to do something that I wasn't sure they were going to let me do, and I got to write Splinter in a way that he's never been, as far as I know, written before. Um, How so? It's entirely possible that that some of the the earlier comics i might have just spaced out the more but he that uh most iterations of the turtles has splinter presented as an adult a mature version of leonardo that type of personality mm. you know focused serious i said well what if he was raf what if he was temperamental what if he was uh you know angry yeah. all the time and so i went that way and i really liked how that connected him with raf as instead of leo i liked that as a concept i thought that was uh, that was worth uh, going after, and it really turned out uh, so well. And and in no small part to Charles Wilson's art on that, which was absolutely gorgeous. I I keep wanting to do, you know, just just another couple of uh, you know, early Japan stories with him. Collect them with with the secret history of the Foot Clan. Call it the most futile collection, but um, which is you know a, a joke that only make me laugh. But it, it it's um. It was fantastic. That uh, went so well. It led to me working with Matteo Santaluco on Secret History of the Foot Clan. I mean, that's um, got to come up because that, that that series yeah. is so good. Like, where did that? Yeah. Do you remember where that started? Did it start with you, Matteo? No, no, no. This this what this was was such a good series. It was it was uh, Matteo's baby. He started out. He had a. I thought very, I heard that. Okay. Oh yeah, no, very definite plot that he wanted to do. Okay. Um, but he'd never written before. 
and uh bobby wanted to make sure that you know he had some training wheels so i was the training wheels now okay. i did make a couple of suggestions that bobby and mateus liked um uh, uh one of the, the the one that i remember is uh michelangelo speaking being the one who could speak japanese i like that <laughs> who yeah. could just, you know, yeah. yeah so yeah that was that was the thing that i contributed um i changed a few things around and but you know uh, the 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 dialogue is 99% me the plot is um 85% him that last 15% was just stuff that came up in the notes or stuff that i added so i mean it's it's probably mm. closer to 90% him but i'm i'm being being generous to myself <laughs> um but but yeah no that was that was his baby we were we were going to work together again on shredder and hell but we just couldn't get on the same i was i was busy with the back to the future um uh adaptation at the time and we just couldn't get on to the same page about um some of the the things that he wanted to do in shredder and hell and i mean it turned out fine without me so i mean you know no harm, no harm done but uh, yeah just some of his uh mixing of the mythologies and the religions i just i couldn't get it to work in my mind but he knew mm. exactly what he wanted to do so and and sometimes you know when you're also the artist it's it's it makes more sense in your head and you know you you don't need to you you know you you don't always uh have the ability to the ability is wrong you don't you don't always remember to explain some of the details that are obvious to you because they're in your head and have been in there so long um but mostly mostly with all the other work on my plate it was just a failing for me but again he knocked it out of the park it was you know no no loss but we do get to work again one more time um on uh, the upcoming um untold destiny of the foot clan Oh, nice! And this yeah. is this is the thing because outside of the turtles, my favorite character to write is Karai. I love writing Karai so much. I, I did get to do the micro series. I did get to do that three parter in universe that you mentioned, and I got to do the stuff in the Armageddon game. I love writing Karai. She is. Um, it's it's as I, I've said it. It's as close as I'm going to get to writing Batman. Mm. <laughs> that's that's kind of that's kind of how I I, I approach her. her uh, the, the same type of uh, there is a sense of humor there, but it's it's very dry and understated, and uh, the the little bit of the edge. So not quite uh, not quite uh, Alekra where where some folks might go with it, or or Talia to take it to to Batman. But um, I, I I enjoy writing her so much, and I've seen the art on the first issue, and oh my god, uh, Mateus is you know doing his thing and has leveled up again. It's gonna be gorgeous, gonna be so gorgeous. So um. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited about that, and uh, hopefully, hopefully it uh, it grabs people as much. It uh, I, I I'm happy it was initially going to come out bi monthly, so it's going like to come out this month and then you know go through July. But they changed their mind; it's going to they're going to do it monthly, so they kicked it back to March. Okay, um, which is fine because he's he's taken two months each issue to draw it, so it's it's going to be amazing. It's going to be worth the wait, and um, yeah, no, I'm 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 super excited. But I mean. Uh, there, there were those. There was the uh, the two issues of Turtle in Time that uh, that stood out because I got to do another uh, feudal Japan story with Mateus, sure. and uh, got to you know show a different side of Leonardo. The you know kind of like you know do do you kill Hitler when he's a baby? They're back in in the past. Do they kill Shredder before he kills them? You know, kind of a thing. And and Raph being the voice of reason, getting to do the little turns on things is part of the fun of working along. Uh, a long-standing uh, franchise like this. So yeah, I mean, the being the voice of reason, are... Leo being insane, yeah. you know, yeah. The stories of that series are so rich. I mean, that Splinter, like he's so unlike every other Splinter because he's been through, like 
maybe the 2012 series because he lost his daughter and that stuff, but like mm-hmm. nothing compares to the amount of shit that Shred- Splinter's been through, like with mm-hmm. the reincarnation angle and all that. Like it's such a like there's so much depth to that character that when he gets hardened later on and leading the Foot Clan and all that stuff, like it all it all mm-hmm. makes sense. It all adds up, and it's just like if Splinter was put in a much worse position, who mm-hmm. would he be? It's it's yeah. so interesting. So. Uh, and you know, I mean. Tom, Bobby, Kevin, yeah. they really, and later uh, Sophie, they really threw a lot of just wonderful shades onto the characters. Some of the stuff that has been there before was just get a little, little sharpened, a little more focused on. Some stuff is is was like, well, that was obvious. Why did this never happen in the last thirty years? And it's just been, it's been a, a great fun to work in that playground uh, because of it. It's just, oh, I love it. I love it so much. With Secret History of the Foot Clan, I'm curious, was there any ever trepidation at doing a turtle story where the turtles were in it so infrequently? Because they don't need them. You don't need them. But I mean, no, like, no. was there ever was that ever like an issue where like, do we need you more know, turtles? I mean, it's um less with that one. Although the, the funny thing is, um Mateus has given me some crap because this this untold destiny of the foot clan it takes place in Japan. So the turtles aren't in Japan. And he's he's irritated because I don't have any turtles. I, I didn't have any turtles, so I'm just like, how can I find a way to work some turtles into this so Mateus can draw the turtles and have a good time with it? And I found a way, and I'm writing that issue now. Um, and uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully he he gets a kick out of it. But I mean, uh, the only person who who gave any crap uh, was Mateus to me on Untold Destiny. But since he was the large larger driver of the plot on Secret History. Uh, the the uh, the minimal amount of turtles that we had there that was on him. <laughs> gotcha. I, so, I I just didn't love the fact that you guys could tell such a such a memorable story, yeah. and the, like I said, the turtles are barely in it. It's just a mm-hmm. really interesting history of of this that's not really been delved into in any hardy no. way before. Well, I mean, and and that uh, just goes right back to the way that uh, Tom set it up, which was the most unique thing in the IDW iteration, the reincarnation angle. Yeah. So that opened up so many doors, so many possibilities for stories and continues to open up those doors. So I just, uh, yeah, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I just, I love it. And I really enjoy that particular corner of the turtles universe, the, the magic, the mysticism, the ninja stuff. It's a little bit more my taste than, the the interdimensional sci-fi angle uh, and, and side of the turtles, which sure. is absolutely valid and a favorite part for a lot of folks, but I'm just so much more at home with the with the ninja stuff. Um, and you know, so I get to do stuff like Secret History, getting to do stuff like the uh, Karai series. That's that's my uh, that's that's you know, Mother's Milk, Food of the Gods, love it. It's uh, my favorite. My. Uh... Do you have a minute to talk uh, Turtles and Ghostbusters? Because that was a fun series. Absolutely. Too. Yeah. Both of them. Uh, um, yeah. So you wrote a lot of Ghostbusters prior to that, correct? I did. I wrote the 99.9% of 10 years worth of Ghostbusters comics. Yeah. That's crazy. Oh, God. Was it I fun it. to kind of get the turtles? Like, because there's such a huge, you know, in the Here, Venn diagram of turtle fans. Yeah. And, you know, here's, here's how that worked out. So Tom and I, Tom Waltz and I had known each other for years. The early 2000s, we were together at an uh, independent publisher. We published, that publisher published his first work, uh, published my first work. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, and that's what got him on the uh, 
radar of IDW. And so Tom, he's editing Ghostbusters. I'm writing Ghostbusters. He's writing Turtles. I wrote a little bit of Turtles at that point. And we met face-to-face for the first time, San Diego 2012. And we're saying, you know what would be a lot of fun? is to do a crossover between these. They're two groups of four guys. They're both quintessential New Yorkers. This would be fantastic. The Turtles have dealt with, with mystical stuff. The Ghostbusters would not be weirded out about them at all because they've seen everything. It would be natural. And then it took us two years to convince Nickelodeon. <laughs> really? <laughs> they, at that time... Outside of uh, Usagi Ojimbo, the Turtles did not do crossovers, and they didn't. Oh yeah, want to do crossovers? Spins, yeah, right, the, sure. the Ghostbusters was the first crossover in comics, the first um, uh, the uh, the IDW uh, era, and it took us a it took us two years. Uh, so we got it for uh, we got it for 2014, which was the the uh, 30th anniversary for both. Worked out great, um, and it went over like gangbusters. And then you know. They were like, oh, so this crossover thing works. And like, where's Batman? You know, where's Power Rangers? Yeah. And, uh, and that's great. That's fantastic. You know, um, uh, the only regret, you know, the, the characters mesh together so well because, they, you know, there's similar types. Sarcastic guy, a goofball, tech head, um, and, and you know, serious martial oriented. Um, but... Yeah, yeah, our big regret is we wanted to do a trilogy and we didn't get around to doing a third one. Mm. So, uh, you know, one day in the future, that is that is kind of like uh, Tom and my bucket list. We would love to, you know, figure out the rights to do a third Turtles Ghostbusters again someday. I don't know if that's possible. Um, I don't know if everybody's on the same page anymore uh, as far as Sony and Nickelodeon. But um, if it is, boy, we'd, we'd love to do it because, yeah, those those characters worked so well together and it was so much fun. And it took so long to consider that first one. <laughs> and then the second one was uh, was it, it took us three years to let us to to let uh, us do a sequel because the turtles were crossing over with so many things. It was just like, well, we can't do too many in one year. Sure. <laughs> Which you know, fair point. But uh, yeah, we we uh, we loved. It. One thing I really liked that I thought was surprising but makes perfect sense mm-hmm. was Leonardo bonding the most with Winston Zedmore. Yeah. Well, I mean. It's, it's it, like I it makes perfect sense. It just it yeah. wouldn't. It, it never. It didn't occur to me. But it's mm-hmm. like uh, Leo would. Uh, who would I identify most with? Mm-hmm. It's just an interesting. It was a really a nice moment. Well, we that. we played up. Um, we played up military. Uh, Winston having a uh, military history, having history with the Marines, especially uh, because you know Tom, yep. old Marine, uh, and um, the the honor that's inherent with that is part of the culture. Uh, it really dovetailed with with Leonardo's personality, and those two are just. We played Winston as as natural hero, Leonardo as natural hero. Those two just kind of they 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 felt right together, and it it was easy to write them together. And uh, and and yeah, it's just I mean that that book was full of happy accidents, stuff that just absolutely worked, uh, and stuff that I absolutely cannot believe they allowed me to get away with. Um, you know, there there was there was a Kinsey joke for crying out loud. There was a joke about uh, my my favorite joke I ever wrote in a Ghostbusters book was when Raphael asked Peter Venkton what uh, what trepanation was. He said it's a little boring, actually. I <laughs> had so much fun writing that. It's my absolute favorite joke out of ten years. It's so stupid, and not everybody gets it, but I do love it, and I do love that it was explained to Raphael of uh every any character could have possibly in a ninja turtle but um 
no, the characters just they 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 work together so well. It it just like 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 Tom says, he goes, it's it's two sets of brothers, and they understand each other, and they understand the others because of how they understand each other. So, um, yeah, I I I really truly wish that uh, you know somehow those those characters will get to uh, meet and mix up again. When you're going into that series, if you remember, like, did you have certain boxes that you wanted to make sure you checked, like, like getting the proton packs on the turtles or something like yeah. that? Like other things, like you needed to make sure you satisfy these things that you want, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. The 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 things that we wanted to do. One, we wanted to make sure that this crossover mattered to the Ghostbusters and it mattered to the turtles. And stuff that mm -hmm. happened in that crossover was referenced later on in both books. And the Ghostbusters got a got their own interdimensional portal out of it. So um, that was a big thing for the Ghostbusters. It informed mm -hmm. the series going forward. Yeah. Um, the uh, the Turtles, I think, got a little bit more out of the second crossover uh, where, you know, they were having a bunch of issues, uh, personal issues, trauma related issues from all the stuff that they've been through in their book. And this was where they just got to sit. And they got to talk with people who understood <laughs> Uh, sure. and, and that was, you know, that was the thing that, you know, really appealed to Tom and I to write, but, um, as, as far as just overall, as far as the first meeting, yeah, no, a hundred percent. We, we wanted to get a turtle and a proton pack. Um, we wanted to, we wanted to have Mikey excited about a siren. We, we wanted to, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, we wanted to make sure, oh, uh, the, the big thing for the turtles in that, we, we, we introduced a member of the Pantheon. We introduced Chi Yu. Uh, a character right. who, uh, yeah, who who uh, was from that crossover and came in that crossover and was, uh, I think, recently brought back in the Armageddon game. So, yeah, yeah uh, that that was the that was the major thing that we uh, we had for the turtles. But um, it, it was mostly, honestly, for me, not for Tom. I I can't speak for him, but for me, it was just the the little stuff. I I liked the idea of them talking to each other and seeing what kind of reactions and interactions they would have or what they would think if they were presented with the same weirdness. And that's the kind of stuff I enjoy writing. I, I enjoy writing personal interactions a lot. Um, sorry. So speaking of that, that crossover, mm -hmm. uh, they made toys of it not long after. I mean, sort of toys of it. Yeah, the uh, 2017 for the for the second crossover. Um, yeah, yeah, they 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 did a uh, they they did the. Do you uh, have those? Do you like them? What do you, I mean, they I'm they offered to send them to me, and I forgot to email them. Oh. <laughs> I wanted them. I did because they were so weird. I loved it. They were very um, weird. Any and I, of I, hair are weird to me. It's so. exactly, and I just I, I I got so busy, I forgot a few weeks after Comic Con. I thought of them like, no, it's too late. I'm not going to bother them now. <laughs> um but uh are you but, still yeah, on the hunt for them no no i uh I, I i would be but i have literally no space to okay. store them and I'd, I'd hate to just have them in a box in a shed you know what i mean sure yeah so yeah, yeah. um as you know one day one day maybe but uh it was uh yeah it was it was a hoot seeing those and it was a hoot seeing those for the first time uh we were, we were at a, just a gigantic panel at san diego and we were i uh me and Dan and Luis were sitting next to Ivan Reitman as we got to see this for the first time. So that was cool. That was, a, that was like a, you know, one, one in a, a million experience. Um, it led to us walking through 
the catacombs, the secret catacombs of of uh, Comic Con. You know where they oh, take wow. where they take the famous people, so they don't have to walk through the the show floor yet. You know, and as I'm walking through, you know, see all the the rows of chairs hanging up. You see the see the celebrities look. Oh, here's somebody coming. Let's look at their badge. Do I know them? Are they anybody important? They're not. They're not. He is. You know that kind of a thing. <laughs> and what I remember out of that, it just it's train of thought. It's a minor moment. I uh, I just barely you know whizzed out of the way because I. When I'm in a hurry, I, I see people as shapes <laughs> and that to try and avoid. And I didn't see one until almost too late. I almost plowed into him. Uh, I heard him talking as I passed by and realized that I almost, you know, bowled over David Tennant. And oh, wow. I told that to a friend as as I got back out of the show floor. And she just gave me this look. He goes, you could have touched him. Big Doctor Who fan. It was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Um, but, uh, yeah, you, that was when DuckTales was being promoted. So that's what, uh, that's what that was all about. I, uh, it, yeah, it was, it was, it was a memorable day. It was an entertaining time and, uh, God, it, you know, I just, it, it, the turtles, Ghostbusters, all of it has, has provided me with, with so many wonderful memories. I tell you, uh, you know, I have just one last question for you. And I ask this of everybody sure. is, uh, who's your favorite turtle and why? I firmly believe that everybody starts with Michelangelo. I, they're they're outliers, but I think everybody starts with Michelangelo and then grows into their favorite later on. Interesting. Um, and and it's just I mean he's 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 accessible. He's he's the accessible turtle. He's the he's the friendly you know outgoing one. Uh, currently, my favorite is Donatello, and that is in no small part because I am from Minnesota. We take purple real seriously around here. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, no, I just I, but I no I, I I loved what they did with him in 2012, and that really played into oh me. yeah you know, uh, latching onto him and, and, uh, him, him becoming a favorite and then, you know, getting to, uh, getting to write him and, and find a, uh, a comedic voice for him in the IDW books, uh, that, uh, that flowed for me, but was still right for him. It was, it was different than writing the other turtles and I really enjoyed it. So yeah, no, uh, I was sticking with Donatello all the way, but yeah, no, when I was a kid, it was everybody liked Michelangelo, maybe Raphael, nobody liked Leonardo. Donatello was an afterthought. It was kind of, a. <laughs> this is what I remember from the rough and tumble elementary schools, man. That's it. <laughs> you know, I'm all set here, dude. I, it was a huge pleasure right. to talk to you. Thank you so much for your oh, time. Man. Oh man. No, thank you. Appreciate it again. I, uh, I, I hope you got something useful and didn't, uh, isn't going to require too much editing. No, this is great. This is fantastic. Thank you. All right. Yeah. Take it easy. Take care. Bye. Leonardo leads Donatello the machine.